This is Corey Willis with PBI, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. I'm Adam Blattenberg from Diesel World. Hi, I'm Clint Cannon from APS. This is Dan, owner of Dan's Diesel Performance. I'm Cass from Diesel Doctor of Tennessee, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today and help us kick off the week. We've got a really cool episode today, and it's a first for us. We've never had this many people on a Diesel Podcast episode. And what we're going to be talking about is diesel racing and diesel racing in Texas. So we've got a over 3,000 horsepower worth of diesel performance on the call. And we're going to talk about a Duramax with a 4100 swap, a Fummins UCC truck, and then also some 6.4 Power Stroke performance and just all that went into the trucks, how they came to be, what they've done in the past, how they've competed, and what they're going to do this year. And how we bring it all together is these guys are passionate about diesel racing. They love it. And they've stepped up to create their own event. And it's right in the middle of Texas. So any part of that state, any you know racers out there, people who love going to events can go. And pe- even people out of state. So we're going to chat with these guys and ask them how they did it. Any tips they would give for our listeners out there that want to make their own event in their state or their region. And get some feedback from them. Before we get to the podcast, we want to make a huge announcement. We've got a new sponsor to the podcast, and that's Fleece Performance Engineering. Everyone's heard of Fleece Performance, but what we're going to be doing is chatting with them really in-depth about their product line, their turbo kits, fueling upgrades, lift pumps, engine parts, tons of different things. So we want to thank them for their support and encourage you guys, if you're looking for an upgraded turbo, go to fleeceperformance.com, check them out. They've got tons for Duramax, Cummins. And we're going to have some really cool episodes coming out with some product releases. So make sure and check them out. And also Diesel Doctor of Tennessee. Diesel Doctor of Tennessee is the official engine builder of the Diesel Podcast. And we've done a series of episodes with them and they're huge hits. It's the, the amount of technical information and help and tips for you guys out there. Whether you work at a shop and you're rebuilding engines or you're a truck owner and you need to get a 6064, 5.9 Cummins, 6.7 Cummins Duramax built. All the details and help they provide is is really great for the diesel community. So make sure and go to diesel911.com, check them out. They've got a ton of information. If you're ready to order, you can order, specify your engine build, or you can call or email them and ask them any question that you want. They're really helpful. All right, guys, let's get to this podcast, learn more about these cool trucks and diesel racing in Texas. Corey, welcome to the Diesel Podcast, man. How are you doing today? Good, good. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent. We've been chatting for a while about diesel racing and events and uh, we've got a, a group of guys there we're looking forward to chatting with, but I wanted to start with you and have, have you guys tell us a little bit about what you guys are organizing and you know, diesel racing as far as how you got into it and what you're looking to, to do with an event down there in Texas. Okay, yeah, no problem. Um, so yeah, my name is Corey, um, like you mentioned. Um, so myself and my, I guess, co-director here, um, Josh Cole, um, we have a group, a group out of Texas. Um, called Texas uh, Diesel Outlaws, um, just a local club that, you know, we kind of get together on the weekends, kind of, you know, get some beers and whatnot. So we were actually just talking um, earlier last year, so it was like around January, February, and I was like, you know what, I was like, there's really nothing central um, for us diesel guys to go to an event, have fun, um, just kind of enjoy ourselves without, you know, obviously you have some events that are mainly towards point series and, you know, you have to show up. Um, so it kind of sparked from there and, you know, I started getting in contact with vendors and sponsors. Um, and then we had it at, uh, Alamo City Motorplex. Um, so that was a, a nice central location for everybody, whoever wants to come from, 
you know, the east to the west. Um, so yeah, it's kind of where we got out. Kind of got started. That's what I was just thinking. Texas is a big state, and where where you guys would uh, would hold it at, so that you could get, you know, all the the different trucks. And I, I know it, it's a huge area for diesel performance. And uh, we've had a lot of guys on from from that state, and it's I think it's cool. And I think you know what, what we had talked about before is your goals for it, as far as you getting some high performance trucks there, but then also getting you know just the people are just going to attend and watch, get them interested and be able to see it and, and, and see those trucks. And I think a lot of the, the diesel racing enthusiasm, it really starts like that first time you go, or maybe you take your truck to a test and tune and you get hooked that first time down the track. Yeah, I, I definitely hear you there. I know, um, when I first got into it, so background, so growing up, my dad, uh, 7.3 power stroke, 2000, you know, um, kind of, you know, the, the old dinosaur, um, you know, I, I thought back then it was hot because, you know, you get your full straight pipe and you get your nice little super chips and you just, you just go to town. <laughs> so um, that's, that's kind of the background where I got started. And then, you know, as time goes on, diesels progress, emissions and stuff like that. So uh, whenever I was in the market, um, 6.4 uh, was kind of where I was leaning because, I, you know, growing up being a Ford guy, I, I didn't know anything about diesels in general um, for as far as like performance as the day and age but then when I owned it I started owning it and and really getting into it I started you know researching um, talking with peers and shops and stuff like that and you know at that point it's a really a you know it starts returning into a passion um, you start getting you know you start getting that itch you know looking for those newest parts um, then you know kind of goes from there when I first got into diesels, I had a 6.7 Cummins, and I was always kind of a Cummins guy. But I remember that when the 6.4s came out about the same time, and I think to this day I'm still jealous of those 300 horse tunes and the 310 tune and the 311 tune and all those kind of things. So it was like the right. first truck where you could get a lot of power out of it with just hooking something up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, was, I was right there with the rest of them. You know, I got a big old file in it and, you know, <laughs> three three uh, transmissions later and, and uh, one, one blown up high pressure fuel pump and you know we're, we're here today <laughs> well you got a crew of guys there with you and you were you're telling me about them and I, I don't know how much horsepower is in the room but I'm sure it's a lot who, who do you got with you today um, so we're actually at a truck source diesel in San Antonio so I have one of the uh, head honchos here mr. Chris Butire um, he has a you know a thousand plus previous um, triple turbo setup um, <laughs> oh, sorry. So, sorry. I stand corrected. Two thousand plus <laughs> uh, horsepower, um, dyno proven horsepower. Um, but he's going to touch on his new setup. But uh, yeah, so Chris and I have uh, Mr. Ray Ross. Um, his, his is a thousand plus Duramax, um, and also Nathan Wheeler with his thousand plus um, six point four. All built here at TSD. Um, they've been lasting seasons and seasons. Um, so you know they're, they're doing something good here. Sweet. Who wants to go first to talk about their truck? So, so I guess uh, Nathan will go first. He's the most recent. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm, I've got the 6.4. Um, I like going to a lot of different events. Uh, the diesel events, are, of course, are number one. Um, but I also like going to, you know, no prep events, showing up at, you know, kind of car type uh, of races and having fun like we did last week um, at JJ's race. Um, but uh, I'm with Corey on the lack of, events that are happening here in Texas, especially since the NHRDA shut down. And, um, you know, that was 
the thing that I looked forward to the most was nationals and finals here in Texas. And now I think it's Diesel Thunder. There's only one event now here in Lufkin, Texas. Um, so if we could do something really cool uh, here in San Antonio, that's really essential. That's right in between, you know, Austin, uh, Dallas, Houston. It's right in the middle. Um, so you, everybody can get on the main thoroughfares and get over there. And I think it would be, I don't know, I, I think that there's a lack, there's a void that here in Texas that uh, that could be filled with something, with a cool event. We have a lot of a lot of new listeners who they might have just got their first diesel truck or they're just starting to get into racing. How would you describe it to a new diesel owner why they need to go to an event and see trucks race or take their truck out themselves? What's so important about it? Well, it's something that uh, a diesel truck is a little different than a race car or a car. You can do a lot of different things with it and it's very, you can also like we were talking about earlier, you can just add a tune. You don't have to go full crazy on it. You can just add a tune and a straight pipe and actually have a decently fast truck, especially if you can launch it in four-wheel drive. Um, that's how I got started, and I couldn't believe how hard it pulled off the line in four-wheel drive. I was like, good grief, this is crazy. I've never felt this before. And, um, you know, that seat, in, seat of the, the pants feeling that you get, um, I don't know how important it is. It's more of a hobby <laughs> to me, but uh, it's a fun hobby that you can get into and still use your truck for work, <laughs> you know, if you're just getting into it. Or you can go full-blown, and, I mean, they're making, what, four-second pro mods now, you know, so in every, in every uh, you know, Duramax and every platform, they're pretty much in four seconds now. And that's really cool. So you can go all out, go all crazy, or you can... Um, just put a tuner, you know, for a thousand bucks or something like that, and a straight pipe, and go to the track and then pull the trailer from work, too. So I think that's the, I think that would be the biggest appeal to it, is you can still use your truck. And car, usually, a little different. Yeah. You know, Larry Brown's a good example of that, because this guy, yeah, horses and on the weekdays and then on the weekend throwing a set of drag radials out and going and kicking the no prep king guys' asses on yeah. the track, you know. And um, So it's becoming a very diverse sport in that aspect. And, and it's always a fan favorite at one of those events, too. Your, your diesel truck is, you know, even if you lose, which a lot of times we do at those events, but <laughs> <laughs> um, it's still a fan favorite. It's a lot of fun. It's a blast. It's, it's, always, it's always that underdog um, effect. Um, that's that's kind of where we're doing as far as, like, the event, um, Texas Truck Jam, is, you know, it's, it's for your average day guy. Like, so we have, in Texas, like you said, it's geographically big. Would you have your more mom-and-pop shops that, you know, they really don't get to go to the, the bigger events? Um, but, obviously, you have your bigger shops, like I said, TSD. Um, I actually spoke with a... Art over at PSP um, was actually last weekend and kind of got him interested and um, he likes where we're going because he, you know, he builds very thorough trucks as well. Um, so just like I said, just trying to get a good medium for the guys working eight to five, um, you know, closing up shop late, coming in early and having a place where they can come, hang out, race, um, you know, collaborate. You know, you got your, your vendors there as well. So it's just a, a good all-around wholesome event. I still got to take Art up on his offer. I had him on the podcast a while ago, and he offered tacos and beer. 
and I'm still trying to figure out how I can get down there with some tacos and beer. Yeah, he, he actually just had a, a dino event, I want to say, a few months back, and it was a truck. I think it was a dinos and tacos. So, <laughs> what was what's so cool is is we were just talking about with the events and like how it can appeal to so many people. Is I think what you guys do and a lot of racers do on the track has made it so that you can go out and have fun. The products are developed to a certain level, the tuning, tons of different things where you can have a quick six, seven thousand, seventy five hundred, eight thousand pound truck and still use it for work and drive it and have reliability going all over the state or all over the country. Whereas I think in the early days it maybe wasn't that, you know, with transmissions or turbos or just different things. So I think pushing the envelope on the track forces the manufacturers and these engineers and these guys who think up products to do it a different way and a, a better way so that the reliability is there for towing. So I'm not sure how much, you know, it goes into the towing crowd comes from racing, but I bet a lot of it does with how hard you guys push your trucks. Right. Right. I, I think the, the industry is going so far now that you have, you, it, when it first started, I say you had those people that want to go fast and you wanted people to tow. Nowadays yeah. you have people like, you know what? I have this truck. I want both. What is the best thing? And I think that's, you know, here at TSD, that's what those guys actually, you know, have very, very many years in um, dyno tuning, um, parts, the industry. Um, you want to talk about, you know, race history and stuff like that. You know, uh, Chris, you know, to, to the right of me, um, he's very, very knowledgeable. And as far as um, anything in the industry, well, where things are going, where he's been, um, he's been there, done that. So, um, you know, I'm going to introduce him. Um, let him talk about his truck um, currently and where it's been. Um, you know, we, we touched on NHRDA and um, also UCC, which uh, Nathan has been involved with. Um, but also I'm going to, you know, switch it over to um, Chris. You know, another thing to, you know, to touch on, too, um, you know, you're talking about the, uh, you know, the getting the diesels out in the, in the mainstream, uh, and Nathan touched on it, like doing the no-prep stuff. Is one cool thing is, you know, we, we'll show up and, you know, we'll go race with them. It's honestly a blast because you're in a, a field of so many cars. But the cool thing is every one of those race cars is pulled by a diesel truck to the track. And yeah. so I think you see a lot of guys and, you know, you know, half of them, you, you, we pull up for the first pass and you can tell everybody's looking at us like we're knuckleheads. You know, what are these guys doing? Why are, you know, why are you racing a 6,000-pound, you know, race truck against our 2,000-pound cars? But... It's cool, you know. You get, you know, you get a, a round one win, and the next time you come up, and you know, there are guys holding dollar bills in the air on your side of the, of the track, and you know, by the end of the night, you got people coming by going, "Man, that's awesome!" I didn't even know a truck could do it. And it's there's still a lot of people, the general public out there, that doesn't know that the diesels can go fast, and that there is a racing, you know, world developing around them. So yeah. it's uh, that that is one of the coolest parts about doing like the no prep stuff or even like some NHRA stuff and whatnot is uh, you talk about a sport. I mean, that's really a big sport when you look at it uh, all combined. Yeah. That brings up a question. I've, I've chatted with Ryan Milliken and, uh, and Ben Shaddy before, and they talked about how much they've learned racing their vehicles in the, the gas world. The guys have been doing it for 20, 30 years or longer. Do you see that as well as far as technology, technique, strategy that you're able to pull from those guys who've been doing it longer and then put it into the diesel world? I think so. I think we're, you know, honestly, we're just starting to get there, too. The, uh, 
for the longest time, you know, the diesels didn't make enough power to where we had to worry about, you know, traction control, setting up our suspensions and stuff like that. It was basically go make as much power as you possibly could and put it in four-wheel drive. And uh, you're starting to see the diesels, you know, now people are starting to have, you know, standalone ECMs and stuff that can control, you know, traction. And, you know, like we go to the track and we, we actually have to walk the track and figure out, hey, you know, how much power do we think we can throw at it today and feel it out in qualifying, whereas before it was just, throw the kitchen sink at it and, and let it run and it's uh, you're starting to see a lot of guys you know and like Nathan was talking about with the ProMods is you, you have guys that are putting you know 2,000 plus horse motors now in, in in not just something that's fast for a truck it's just flat fast so you have guys that are playing with you know different suspensions and and, uh, and things like that so uh, I think there is a lot learned from the you know from the gas crowd uh, they they have where we're at now. They were at years ago, so I think we should learn more from them. Yeah, I think it almost it it allows or shortens the time to catch up, so to speak, is being able to take what they've been doing and then apply it to you know, these trucks, which it seems like they've jumped really fast in a handful of years as far as power, and it's almost like the power eclipses the, the transmission technology. And then the transmission technology starts to catch up. And it's really cool to just be on the outside looking in or talk with guys like yourself and see that relationship between, okay, we can make this power. Well, how do, how do we have a transmission live? And what about the safety equipment and all the things that go into it? Yeah, that's very true. You know, a couple of years ago, um, you know, I guess the, some of the pro classes like Super Street, Pro Street, you know, they were, uh, heck, even five, six years ago, if you were in the nines, I mean, that was fast. You were the, you know, if you showed up with a nine-second truck, you were the guy to, to beat, you know. And yeah. uh, right around that time, uh, I feel like the transmissions, everybody kind of got a hold on them, you know. The 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 4Rs, the 47, 48s, and everything, and everybody had found a way to make them hold a 1,000 horse pretty well. And about that time, we started reaching the limit to the stock blocks. And, uh, you know, 12, 1,300 horse, it seems like when people started getting in the mid-nines, then there was some technology that needed to, to catch up with how, how do we get the motors to hold past this, you know, more than a couple passes. And uh, so you saw, I don't know, it was probably 2013, 2014 or so. And then uh, that started becoming an issue and fast forward a couple of years, well now we have solid blocks or we have sleeve blocks and, you know, Wagler has billet blocks and there's a couple, you know, Fleece, D&J, they're all making billet blocks. Well, now we're back to even transmissions again. And now we have a motor that will, you know, honestly hold 2,000 horse. And, uh, but the transmission is just the, uh, that it's the weak link right now. So I think they'll catch back up. You have a lot of guys playing, you know, you know, and using the, the gas stuff like we were talking about, you know, like the Rossler 400s. That's the, you have guys that are introducing known technology into the diesel world and moving ahead like that too. So. I think we will we'll catch up and we'll continue to go forward, but there's always, uh, you know, the next growing pain, I guess. For sure. I wanted to ask you a, a bit more on your truck. Uh, Corey had told me a little bit about it beforehand. thought it was really cool. I know our listeners are going to want to know more about the build and, and the setup that you got on it. It's, um, so we did UCC with it last year, and, uh, you know, we had ran the same motor for, for a few years, and uh, we went to a new motor. It was a solid block. Um, the uh, the guys up at Freedom Fleece, uh, it's a, one of their 6.8s that they built, and then a, it's a D&J Stage 3 head. And uh, we built a new triple turbo setup. Uh, back when we ran the old motor, we had three 
S400s, and then last year before UCC we went to a, a Garrett Gentoo GTX 55 mill, and then we had two S48 SXEs feeding it. And um, we've ran uh, it's on the truck right now, and uh, we ran it all year. And uh, you know after after UCC uh, we went back racing and. We tried to go into Pro Street, uh, try to jump up the class, and unfortunately we didn't make the truck any lighter. We tried to force ourselves going faster with the horsepower, and we were able to get get down into the low fives. But I mean, now we we eat drivetrain parts like they're candies. So um, now we're looking at making the truck a little lighter. So this past weekend when we went to the arm drop race, uh, we we took the outside turbos off and uh, played around with a single, uh, just the 94 mil. Uh, GT55. We're gonna play around with that a little bit. I think um, you know, our goal is to try to get the truck down to around 5,000 pounds uh, for this next season. Do you think you're are you gonna be doing UCC again this year? Yeah, we're gonna do UCC again. Um, we'll keep the triple turbo set up for you know the sled pulling and the uh, uh, the dyno event for sure. And then uh, you know hopefully for the drag race we'll be able to get the truck as light as we can. I think it's going to be, as far as the competition itself, I know a lot of people are looking forward to seeing if anybody can unseat LeVon. And I think this year it might be the most competitive year of UCC that, uh, you know, that, that's happened so far. So there's there's a lot of anticipation and people looking forward to it and and uh, seeing what happens. Yeah, I think it'll be, um, you know, I think it'll be pretty wide open. You have a lot of guys that have, have made a lot of strides the past couple of years. Um, you know, I, I feel like, I mean, I really feel like there's a good over a dozen trucks that legitimately uh, could, you know, could, could win it. Um, me personally, I'm, you know, I understand why LeVon's not going. Um, I'm, me personally, I'm bummed that he's not because, you know, uh, it hats off to him. You know, if you want to be the best, you got to be the best. And if he's not going to be there, then, you know, it, it's, uh, it's going to be tough because he's, he is the guy to beat. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting season this year. And I think that there's just so much going on, and especially with social media and how easy access is for enthusiasts just to see what people are working on and, and new innovations and, and things like that. I'm sure there'll be a huge leap this year, like there's been every year for five or six with times and performance and, and all those things. Yeah, it'll be uh, cool to see their... their you know, supposed to actually have side-by-side racing this year, and then the sled pulling, from what I understand, is going to go down to one pull, so it's actually going to make the sled pull more like an actual sled pull would be, and it's going to make the drag race more like an actual drag race would be. So I, I think I think it'll be interesting to see that for sure. Oh, definitely. Definitely. We've got uh, we've got some more power, horsepower in the room, don't we? And we got we got the uh, the Fummins we talked about the six four, and then what's the other truck that you guys got? So uh, it's actually a Ray Ross. Um, he has a thousand plus horsepower um, Duramax. So I'll just I'll let him um, introduce himself in his truck. Yep, I'm the DMX guy around here. <laughs> I'm just gonna ask, I was just gonna ask. We did the we did the other two. We gotta have a DMX guy. <laughs> That's right. There's gotta be one in every crowd. <laughs> Tell us about your truck. Um, it's a 06 LBZ truck. Um, it's right at 1,050 on fuel. Uh, I've had real good luck with it in the past five years or so. I kind of followed behind Chris, learned a lot from Chris when he first started getting real serious about racing. Um, just kind of tried to 
to do some of the things he was doing and learn from him and just try to make my truck as quick, quick as it could be. Then when, when you got your LBZ, did you go into it knowing, hey, I want to build this into a race truck, or did it kind of start how most of them do where you get EFI Live and then you get a transmission, lift pump, and all that stuff, and then it snowballs into a four-digit power number? It snowballed pretty quick. Uh, <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was that guy. I had a 12-inch rise on the truck in 42s. I ended up having uh, Edge Level 6 with the hot unlock and a Quadzilla. That's some old school stuff right there. Yeah, yeah I, I had all the good stuff back then. <laughs> That's what I started with. It hurt the motor. It was huge. Uh, we ended up putting a built motor in it with the GT40R on it. It made right at 600. And 600 was sketchy enough with the 12-inch lift. So we dropped it down. Um, Chris had already started going to the track back then, and I said, hey, I'll give it a shot. And like you said, one one time down the track, and that was it. Hooked. Yeah. Just I think you just have a small front issue as well. Yeah, I did. Lifted. <laughs> I did. With the, uh, with the transmission, have you thought of, uh, are you going to stick with the Allison or go another route, or have you come across that yet? about 800 horse on fuel. I ran a 366 and a 480 uh, for a long time and it ended up that uh, we couldn't get the Allison to shift as fast as we wanted to. I ended up hurting it on the street uh, one night and we decided to go to a 4R. Uh, you know, there's not a whole lot of people that have a 4R100 in the Duramax or in a Dodge it's more common these days, but uh, we got mine done probably three or four years ago and that truck has made definitely over 100 passes, probably close to 200 with the 4R between uh, 650 horse up to, I made three or four nitrous passes a couple years ago that was probably around 1,200 horse, and that trans has not came out. See, I didn't know you had a 4R in there. I would have had a whole bunch of other questions lined up, so I just got to go off the cuff right now, but how hard was that? <laughs> how hard <laughs> How hard was that swap? Um, it took about two years worth of patience and plenty of money, but uh, it was definitely worth it. So back when the truck was about that power, I could run 11 threes on fuel all day. And when you're the 11 three guy, all you want to do is run a 10. Mm -hmm. So, you know, me wanting to do it and, uh, you know, seeing some good thing out of the four hours back then, knowing that the Allison wouldn't listen, we put a, a lockup box on it one night and it just, it was on the end of the transmission's life anyway. And that was kind of the last straw. So I decided to try it. I knew it hadn't been done very often. Uh, Brett Deutsch had put one in the truck and had pretty good success with it for about a year. So we just committed to it, and it's honestly the best thing we ever did to that truck. How hard have you found the tuning to be with it? Is it pretty pretty easy, or did it take you a long time to dial in the shift points and the lockup and all that stuff? For a truck that was going to be driven on the street, it does require a little more time. It's still not extremely time-consuming. Every truck's a little different. But uh, as far as you know, setting it up at the track, it didn't take very long. We had a very good uh, base file to go off of from the beginning, and we knew kind of what tire size to go with. And I think that we, at the time, had a little knowledge on you know the Duramax trucks having Duraflights in them. Uh, already having a four-speed in it, so things like RPM and speed, uh, we already had a good good platform to go off of. 
So as a Duramax guy, I gotta ask you, which would you take the most crap for having, either a Dodge transmission in your truck or a Ford transmission? <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just, the Ford has been so good to me, I, it doesn't even matter. A lot of people do, they, they, uh, they have some crazy thoughts and they look at me crazy when I tell them that it has that trans in there. But uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't ever go back. We've heard from a lot of guys how they prefer that over a forty-eight RE or you know forty-seven RE with the forty-eight planets or, or whatever it might be. As far as for the reliability of it, with not having bands and the tunability and those sorts of things. So I think it's it's something that's definitely popular, and I think there's more companies supporting that swap now as far as adapter plates and flex plates and, and things to make it easier. You're right. That was one of the, the hard things that we had it was to get the adapter plate to be 100% right. Um, the flex plate wasn't terrible, but it was mainly the adapter plate to get that hashed out, especially with the coolant passages uh, that go through there. It was very key. But uh, I think that the 4R probably has more technology in it just because it's been out for, what, six, seven, eight years longer, if you consider the E4OD as well which is very similar to it, so I think that's part of it. Um, if we if we had enough time, we could simply do a Duramax truck with a 4R. That's a daily driver, not just a race truck. For somebody that absolutely wanted to get rid of the Allison, I feel like we could do either or. Now for controlling it, do you use PCS or another software to do it? We use PCS on it. Yeah, I we think... We're using 2000 the- controller up but now we stepped into the other one. It's, whenever we get questions on transmission swaps, I think a lot of people who are new to it get a little intimidated by PCS, but it it, it does give you so much control and data logging and just different aspects to it where, like you mentioned, it's probably harder to dial in the daily driving part of tuning the transmission than racing, but it's so cool all the features that you have with it. You're right. You're right. There's a, you know, you can go get, you know, with the customer, go down the road, and with Chris in the truck, you know, if the guy wants to change this shift point, just so minimal, you know, I wish that the truck would go ahead and shift with a little less throttle, then we can change it right then and there. So it does make it, it does make it very nice. You can, at that point, you can almost make the trans do pretty much whatever you want it to, take off in second if you had to, or whatever the case may be. I did a 48 swap on one of my trucks with PCS, and I learned the hard way that you can smoke a transmission within a block and a half of messing with parameters you shouldn't mess with. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Well, that's cool. Yeah, I, I, that uh, that swap is is something that we we hear about, and and I think you know with a truck like yours and and people that are listening to this that want to get away from the Allison but want to do something different that's a viable option and you know something I'm sure you guys can help them out with and if they've got questions and and different things get them set up we can we definitely went through the process on it um, and you know we definitely got all the options and we we know where to go with it well out on the east coast uh, truck source diesel does now have a location in Louisiana as well now uh, with Danny Elmore yep Oh, cool. Very close to Mississippi. He's, yeah, uh, right down the road. He's right down the, down the road from Mississippi. We expect them to get some Mississippi customers over there, too. <laughs> do, you got, do you have guys uh, ship their trucks into you from 
out of the region? We do. Uh, we we have a truck here right now from Hawaii. Uh, that's definitely oh, wow. the furthest the truck shipped in. Uh, <laughs> Noel is here. Noel is here. That's a customer that's from California. He drives it whenever he needs to bring it to us. Uh, we also have a customer uh, goes by Boosted LBZ, Chris Wow. He has his truck here. He's from California. Uh, so we definitely get some some travelers around here too. Nice. I think I've seen him on Instagram. I, that name sounds familiar. I think he uh, follows the podcast. Yeah. Super clean. Beautiful trucks. Yeah. Beautiful truck. Yeah, I see on Instagram. He, I think he barbecues a lot or, or does something. Yeah. I I saw something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> That's cool. So when um as far as you know getting any listeners out there that are like i'm in texas i'm close i want to go to this event where's the best place for our listeners to go find more information about it maybe ask you guys questions um you know maybe some topics the racing topics that we we covered popped up and they just want to talk to you guys what's the best way to get in touch well we do have a uh, instagram page you can follow uh, texas diesel outlaws um all of uh, a lot of the information will be on there as far as flyers go um, we will have a Facebook page up and running by the end of the day today, um, being this is a, a second year event that we're putting on, so we're, we're starting to see the growth a little bit and the requests just off of the people that came out last year and enjoyed it. I mean, first year I venture to say we had been the ballpark of about 40 racers, 45 racers out there, and it, it was a true racers event. You know, I mean, um, Corey and I kind of got sideswiped uh, a little bit. Um, that day when we showed up to the track and he and I had set this whole event up and we were like, okay, we brought the people to the door, the track's going to take over and it uh, did not happen that way, to say the least. Um, Corey and I are scrambling around broad daylight, hot as all could be outside. I swear I looked like a lobster after that day. But uh, well, we made it work and, and the guys had fun because it, it was a true racer's event. We did first round buybacks and um, it wasn't more or less a spectator's event like a lot of the stuff is nowadays, you know, um, and that's just kind of the path we're trying to grow with it. So we're going to get a lot of this up and running. So here within the next week, you know, be on the lookout. We'll, we'll be sharing it on Facebook and Instagram flyers and, and the page to follow where any questions could be directed to myself or Corey um, and, and take it from there. I just thought of a question because I know the feedback we get whenever we talk about events is we'll get some guys that'll message or sometimes call in and they're like, Hey, I'd really like to do this in my area. What are some tips you would give someone out there anywhere in the country that's thinking, Hey, I want to, I want to have a diesel event. I want to do my part to bring awareness and show what trucks can do. What, what tips would you give them to do it? Like, do you start with, you know, obviously the track, you need to have a track and they're willing to, to host it, but what goes into sponsors and just getting the awareness out about it? Right, right. Yeah, so um, initially, like when we started, you know, it all started with an idea. Um, so the next hurdle was, okay, how do I get people to a track? So um, just do a lot of, like you said, social media is um, very in the streamline these days. You can get a hold of pretty much anybody. Um, for me, it was, like I said, it was very local. Um, so... Google was a great <laughs> source of uh, helping with the, uh, the vendors and whatnot. Um, but like we said, we teamed up with uh, TSD. Um, it's always nice to get in with one good shop. Um, you know, they're like Chris, he's been in the industry a long time, um, kind of has, has his hands in a multiple fires. Um, and then actually like 
recently, uh, my buddy Chris over at Sound of Diesel, which is a local guy, um, he actually just got sponsored by BD Diesel. Um, so I kind of reached out to him, used him as a, as a kind of a, a resource um, for BD, and he actually got me on the phone with one of the, the uh, head people over there, and they're like, hey, we want to learn what you guys are doing, and I kind of give them a little overview, and they were like, yeah, he goes, actually, we, we want to kind of grow in the Texas region, um, being that geographically it's very large and there's no events, um, like we, we talked about besides, you know, Diesel Thunder, there's no events in our area as far as, uh, like, uh, on the other side of the Mississippi, so we thought, hey, this would be a great event, um, but as far as, like, other tips and tricks, just really put your time in, uh, do some research. Um, first, first key is get with the track, get with an organizer, kind of figure out what you're wanting, how do you, what do you see it growing, um, because most tracks, they'll, they'll work with you, uh, but if, you know, if it, it's going to get really big, and, you know, you've got to make sure you're going to put the time in and, you know, follow up with people, um, get, get people involved, um, get in your community. And uh, Diesel World's very big, but, again, it's very small. Um, I know a lot of guys that are very approachable. Um, so you get, you get one event under your belt. Um, you know, you, if, you, if it goes well like ours did last year, um, you'll get repeat people coming. It'll, you'll, get, you'll get more traction um, with spectators, um, other vendors, sponsors, um, so, like, this is our first event we've ever thrown, um, and it's like in the, for, for this year. Uh, we're trying to get to a two-year event, um, kind of like Rudy's does. You know, they do a spring and a fall event. Yeah. Um, but for right now, we're going to, you know, stick with the summer event, see how it goes. Um, and as it goes along, it'll get better and easier. Um, so, yeah, I'll just say put your time in and just have a vision, basically. I think it's really cool what you guys are doing individually with your trucks but then also with the event and bringing just the enthusiasm and the passion for racing basically to the masses where you can just go drive have a good time have fun and inspire somebody to to do the same thing whether they build their truck or they're like hey i want a career in this or they you know go back home and say hey i want to you know try to put together my own event i think that's that's really key to the diesel community and, and the racing side as well, but just keeping the awareness and the enthusiasm there. I think it's a great chance, you know, especially in Texas is there's a, there's a ton of people that, that are into diesels and into diesel racing. And even if they aren't into racing their own truck, they love going to the events and watching the other trucks go down the track or, you know, watch them on the dyno or the show and shine or, or what have you. Um, you know, the going back a few years ago, I mean, we used to follow, like, the NHRDA circuit pretty heavy. And, uh, you know, the Texas race was always probably the biggest one they had. Yeah. And um, it was honestly big until it just, you know, became a scheduling conflict, you know, with UCC. It just, it was tough because you had, like, a lot of the pro trucks were, were divided in between what one they were going to go to. And, um, but, you know, other than that, the, the race they used to have was, was huge. And, uh, you know, way back in the day, I don't know if anybody remembers, but like the DHRA, um, those those races that they used to have in Baytown, I mean, those were huge. I, you know, there's even even today as big as much bigger as the industry is, those events were probably still as big as anything that you'll see today. So um, I think there's a lot of people that are hungry for an event, and you know, besides the the Diesel Thunder race, um, anybody that's into diesel motorsports, we're stuck traveling 15 plus hours. 
to go to a race as of this year. So I think it's I think it's a hell of an opportunity, and I think it's going to take off pretty pretty quick for them. Yeah, I do too. I've you know, I've had some people ask me before. They're like, "Well, how'd you get into diesels? What what you know what what made you interested in them?" And for me, it's like I wasn't around them really. I mean, I'd see them on the street and stuff, but I went to I think it was an NHRDA event at Bandemir Speedway a long time ago. And I saw Dimitri Millard race Clint Cannon from ATS. And I didn't know who they were, what it was. I'm just like, wow, I didn't know trucks. I think then they were running in the 10s or something, which was insane. But it was like just seeing that sitting in the stands, I'm like, I need to learn more about this. And that started a whole thing of going on forums and you know, back then like buying magazines. And it just you never know who you inspire at these events. And I think that's probably the, you know, the most important things. You never know who's in the stands, who's going to get inspired and who's going to want to build a truck or get involved in the industry itself. And maybe start a company or design a part or do something like that. This industry will grab you and suck you in really quick. I will say that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It gets expensive too. Oh yeah. Yeah, it does. That's awesome, guys. I, I appreciate your time today and, and hearing about your trucks and what you guys are doing. And I definitely want to want to stay in contact and do another podcast. And, you know, as we get closer and then also after and just talk about how it went and what you guys saw and, you know, just bring these stories to our listeners. I know they, they love hearing them and we'll probably get a ton of questions about it. <laughs> I'm going to just forward them to you guys. But it was really cool chatting today. Yeah, I appreciate it, you know, having us on. Um, like I said, social media is a, a good tool these days. I reached out, and you were, you know, we were very responsive on, uh, you know, hearing about the event. So we really appreciate it, and, you know, thank you for having us on. Don't forget, Diesel fans, make sure and head on over to Fleece Performance Engineering. Check out the amazing lineup they have for Cummins, Duramax, and Power Stroke Parts that are going to be coming here pretty soon. And uh, whether you're looking to race, tow, get a little bit more performance out of your truck, they've got a ton of, a ton of product options. Go to fleeceperformance.com. And also check out diesel911.com if you're looking for a built engine. If you're a shop and you need a reliable, quality supplier for rebuild engines, whether it's for you know stock truck or race trucks, they can they can help you out. And if you're a truck owner out there and you're having trouble finding a shop that you trust, that you know that can deliver, check out their website, give them a call, send them a message on social media. They're more than happy to help you out. Till next time, keep the shiny side up.